This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hey cuz, welcome to the next episode of How Good It Is, and today we're taking the advice of a famous psychiatrist. How good it is. Hi there, I'm Claude Cole, and this is Dr. Fraser Crane. Gentlemen! I was listening to a rock and roll station on my way over here. You know, it put me in the mood. There was a passage in one of those tribal songs that I feel, uh, well, is the keynote for this evening. Everybody have fun tonight. Everybody wang chung tonight. Yes, indeed. But first, a little wang chung trivia for ye. Now... Wang Chung's songs have appeared in several movies, but there is a film for which Wang Chung gets full music credit, as in music by Wang Chung. And it's not an obscure movie. It's it's a film that you've probably heard of. What film might that be? I'll have that answer later in the show. The core of Wang Chung first got together in 1977 when guitarist Nick Feldman placed a classified ad in the British music magazine Melody Maker uh, seeking other musicians. Jeremy Ryder, who was known professionally as Jack Hughes, uh, answered the ad along with a few others, and they called themselves the Intellectuals, a name they deliberately misspelled. That band lasted for less than a year, and shortly thereafter, they were joined by drummer uh, Darren Costin, uh, bassist Lee Gorman, singer Glenn Gregory, and keyboardist Simon Campbell. This band was called 57 Men. They lasted about a year and a half before breaking up, with Gregory going on to sing for Heaven 17 and Gorman playing for Adam and the Ants and later Bow Wow Wow. But Hughes, Feldman, and Costin stayed together and called themselves Huang Chung. That's H-U-A-N-G rather than W-A-N-G. Nowadays, it would be more like Huang Zhang, but the West hadn't standardized that nomenclature yet. Anyway, according to Feldman, he came across the phrase in a book he was reading. Huang Chung translates from the Chinese pretty directly as yellow bell, but it also refers to a manifestation of the divine and a perfect pitch for music. In their first couple of years as Huang Chung, all of the members performed using fake names. For instance, Jeremy Ryder's pseudonym was Jack Hughes, as I noted before. That's a nod to Emile Zola's open letter titled Jacques. Nick Feldman was Nick DeSpig, and Darren Costin was uh, Darren Darwin, and later on just Darwin. The band was signed to a label called 101 Records, and their first release, Baby I'm Human, uh, appeared on a 101 compilation album in 1980. Uh, three live tracks were subsequently released on another 101 Records compilation in 1981. From there, they jumped to a label called Rewind Records near the end of the year. 
They released two singles from Rewind, both of which failed to chart, but they did get the attention of the folks at Arista Records, which signed them to a two-album deal in early 1981. They released a few singles, which were later collected as part of the first album, and none of it really went anywhere. In 1982, they started work on their second album. The first single, Dance Hall Days, again failed to chart, and David Massey, their manager, convinced Arista to just close the contract with Arista Records and so that he could move them over to Geffen Records. It was at Geffen Records in 1983 that they finally made the name change to the one we're all familiar with, and that was at David Geffen's suggestion. They released the songs Don't Let Go and a re-recording of Dance Hall Days, both of which managed to break into the top 40 on the Billboard chart. In fact, Dance Hall Days made it clean up to number 16, and it gave them a reason to start touring in the United States. Between this point and 1986, there were a few personnel changes in the band, which left Hughes and Feldman, who had gone back to his real name, as the remaining original core of the group. Deep in the world tonight So now we're at Wang Chung's fourth album and the one that truly broke the band as a pop act. Everybody Have Fun Tonight was initially conceived as a ballad by Nick Feldman and Jack Hughes. In an interview with a now-defunct website called Kicking It Old School, Hughes said that he and Feldman would get together once in a while and play whatever they had for each other. Feldman had an idea for a chorus that involved the phrase, Everybody Have Fun Tonight, which Hughes liked, but he heard it as very ironic, and he envisioned a song which he described as being like, Hey Jude, a slowish, long chorus, long fade-out kind of track. Hughes wrote that song, and they put together a demo. That's what you're hearing now. Later on, they took the song to Peter Wolf from the Jay Giles band, who was working on the album with them, and he told them to ditch the irony and turn it into a party record. They decided if they wanted a hit record, so they made the changes as requested. And the slow version that you just heard became the B-side of the 45. Now, one of the more notable things about the song is the video that went along with it. Uh, It was directed by Godley and Cream, who you may remember as the forces behind the band 10CC, all the way back in episode number one here, and who subsequently moved on to directing videos such as uh, Girls on Film and View to a Kill, both for Duran Duran, a couple for Frankie Goes to Hollywood, among a bunch of others. In this one, the band is performing in a wood-lined room with very quick editing between multiple takes of the band playing the song. The band played on camera in different physical positions about 10 times, and then they ran the footage through software that allowed them to switch between the shot at roughly two frame intervals. This gave the whole thing this, this jittery, flip-hook kind of look. They'd actually tried doing this technique before for a different artist, but the mistake they made with that one was that the individual shots looked too different from one another. 
when they used the same background over and over as they did with Wang Chung and repeated a couple of the group setups, it was a lot easier on the viewer's eyes and it was more effective as a video. So it had a little bit of the feel of Peter Gabriel's Sledgehammer video, which was huge at the time, but a completely different look. However, this video was banned by the BBC after a short time because the screening committee decided that it could induce seizure activity in a viewer. The song peaked at number two on the Billboard Hot 100 the week before Christmas in 1986, held out of the top by the Bangles' Walk Like an Egyptian. It did make number one on the airplay chart in the U.S., and it was also number one in Canada and top ten in Australia. I have to imagine that the lack of video support contributed to the song not doing very well in Europe. As far as covers of the song go, well, there's one from 1988 by James Last and his orchestra, which is interesting but not especially outstanding. And in 2010, the animated series Veggie Tales did its version. And that's pretty much it, unless you count the remake that Wang Chung did in 2020, when they rewrote the song to reflect both Black Lives Matter and the COVID-19 pandemic. That track featured Valerie Day, and it was called Everybody Stay Safe Tonight. And now it's time to answer today's trivia question. Back on page two, I asked you about the film for which Wang Chung gets the sole soundtrack credit. Well, that would be the 1985 film To Live and Die in L.A., directed by William Friedkin and starring William Peterson, Willem Dafoe, and John Pankow, among others. Friedkin asked them to uh, compose the score for the film after listening to Wang Chung's album Points on the Curve. He was so taken with the album that he took the track Wait straight off the album and he used it in the end credits. And the soundtrack for To Live and Die in L.A., if you're a Wang Chung fan, you would know that's their third album. So wait with me until 6.15 I'm waiting for you But you're very late I know you're going anyway And I can hardly wait Evidently There's a day And that, my friend, is a full lid on another edition of How Good It Is. If you're enjoying the show, please take the time to share it with someone, share it with a friend, share it with an enemy. Maybe they'll become your friend. Maybe even leave a rating somewhere. Uh, or better yet, a review. And now you can support the show over at patreon.com slash how, how good it is. If you want to get in touch with the show, you can email me at howgoodpodcast at gmail.com or you can follow the show on Twitter or Instagram at howgooditis. 
You can also visit, like, and follow the show's Facebook page at facebook.com slash howgooditispod, or you can check out the show's website, howgooditis.com, where you might find a few extra bits. Thank you so much for listening. I will talk to you next time. How good it is. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.